It's Friday here on the Snakes Cast, and we are going as deep as Davy Jones' locker into pirate games for you today. Oh, good one, David. <laughs> and Scott is back with us one more time to discuss these. Hi. As, of course, is Jonathan. Hello. Alrighty, so we've already discussed the lightweight and the medium weight games that we can come across in piracy. What about something that's a really heavy pirate game? Surely it doesn't get heavier than Merchants and Marauders, right? That's the big one. It's it's bone dry. Um, we, we did talk about this a little bit in the nautical episode, but I couldn't go into depth with it because I don't know that much about it. You've, have, have, any, have, they, have they two played Merchants Several and Marauders? Several times. I, I quite like it. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, it, it used to be uh, Dan, one of the other gurus at Snakes, and I used to uh, take it to a bar near his place and really weird the, uh, <laughs> weird the staff. So it. how can a rich, deep, complex game about politics, piracy, and merchantry in the Spanish main be described as dry? Well, it's it doesn't ever get into the romanticized pirate stuff. So you are moving a ship around the board and potentially doing very bad things with that ship. You are not ever seeing art of somebody in a fun hat or engaging with any kind of... Dude on the su- cover. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, but within the game, there's, there's none of that. Oh. Um, there's, no, there, there's no sense of character mm. uh, to who you are or what you're doing or who you're bumping into. There, there are no parrots or, or monkeys. Um, there's, there are no, like, wacky shenanigans. You know, there's, it's not really about that. It's do you, do you at least get a sense of, like, an emergent character? Is like, as you play... Oh, absolutely. And somebody winds up doing a lot of work, putting in a lot of work for the Spanish and the Portuguese. I will tell um, you exactly... Uh, when we talk about merchants versus marauders, I will tell you about okay. the character I built in this game once. Okay. But the idea is that you start out with a ship that's it's sort of small and sort of embarrassing, and it's okay at stealing stuff, but not great, and it's okay at doing the, the merchant pick-up-and-deliver thing, but not great. You kind of can't do both of those things, because the more you uh, run around beating people up and stealing their things, the more nations get angry with you. Each of those ships, each each place you could possibly go or engage with, belongs to somebody. Hmm. So go rob that fat Dutch uh, trading ship, and now the Dutch ports don't really want you. Um, <laughs> Why? Which, uh, which means, the, and the more you do that, the more opportunistic you are with beating people up and stealing their shiny stuff, the fewer ports will, will play ball with you. So you might wind up taking on a, a privateer ship with, say, Spain, um, and being an absolute jerk to Holland, France, and uh, and Britain. But then it's tough to play the pickup and deliver because you can't pick up or deliver from two thirds or three quarters of the board. Conversely, play the merchant side, and you're running around making money, picking up and delivering. But you you don't really want to get in any trouble. And some of the NPC ships are pirates that'll come after you. NPC? Uh, oh, sorry, non-player characters. Sometimes the game right. kicks out a ship that belongs to, say, Spain or or Britain or whatever. And none of the players is actually running. Okay, cool. Right. You you can temporarily ally with or make enemies of different characters. You also wind up having a tricky time because there's an event deck that'll kick out events like now Spain and Holland are friends, which means if there's a Dutch bounty on you, there's effectively a Spanish bounty on you too now. Uh Versus if all of a sudden Holland and Britain are at war, well, if there's a Dutch bounty on you, Britain wants you. They want you on their side, and they will like you extra if you go beat up that Dutch merchant. But as you uh, you make money, the thing you reinvested in is upgrading your ship or buying a new one. And the ships, you, the new ships you buy, 
are either pretty great at the merchant thing and conversely pretty bad at the pirate thing or pretty great at the pirate thing but without enough space to really be a decent merchant. Mm. So you wind up sort of being a merchant or a marauder and you'll find uh, content online where people are talking about how the merchant game is so overpowered that there's just no point in playing Marauder, but you'll find people arguing really hard the other side of that as well. And so really the answer <laughs> seems to be different people are good at different sides of this game, and it accommodates both. And you could play a game where everybody plays clean or everyone plays dirty, and it's all fine no matter what. Okay, um, so We should also probably throw in at this point, just for those who don't know this type of game, there are incentives to doing both of these things as well, because oh, yeah. you score points for going on merchant raids as a pirate or blowing up another person's ship but you also score points for completing missions and it's you can also destroy another ship by claiming the bounties that have been placed on them because blowing up a pirate as a merchant isn't a problem, right? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, you can sort of do whatever you want and basically anything that aligns with the kind of game you've been playing will earn you points or money which you bank as points and literally you bank it by putting it in a little nifty 3D cardboard treasure chest which is sweet. The most fun I've had in Merchants and Marauders was, uh, and this is where the character thing sort of emerges, I played a filthy dirty pirate for about two-thirds of the game, but held on to a card I had acquired somewhere that let me buy off my bounties. And once I had really done some damage and basically maxed out uh, my aggression on uh, on everybody, I, um, I really wasn't welcome anywhere in the Caribbean. I couldn't <laughs> port anywhere, so I paid off all my bounties with some of the money I had made pirating, sold the pirate ship, bought a fat merchant ship, spent the last few turns of the game delivering, like, sugar and booze to people who wanted it, because all of a sudden everybody liked me, uh, and won the game by a really heavy margin. And that story of, like, buying off all my bounties and going clean felt very memorable from a, a character sort of perspective. Even though the game isn't about character, some of that did emerge. Just through play. Through Just the, through play. That seems like it, uh, in many ways, like it ought to be, though. A lot of the spirit of that romance of, of being a pirate and doing whatever you want and going wherever you want seems well, to really come through there. And I think that just because there isn't a narrative at the front end of a game is never to say that there isn't a narrative at the back end of a game. Exactly. Uh, I, sure. You have nothing going in, but you come out with your unique character at the end of it, which is really cool. I would say so. It's a... It's a blast of a game. Uh, the rulebook is intimidating and the player aid is intimidating but most of that player aid is just a list of all the stuff you can do in a port and you don't need most of it on any given turn. So it's it's not as intimidating as it looks. I would encourage people to give it a go because it is a very uh, very cool experience and it, it feels really immersive and fun. If you want something that's uh, kind of a step between you know Black Fleet and Merchants and Marauders, the one that I would recommend is Francis Drake. It's a huge game. It's a beautiful game. It looks absolutely gorgeous. The box is gigantic. We talked a little bit about it in the Nautical Games episode, where uh, it's got two parts. The game takes place over the course of four periods where you're going to go out and, uh, and, and, and basically do horrible things to Spanish people. And I'm, I'm sure that Francis himself would take umbrage at this being described as a pirate game. He was not a pirate. He was a privateer. Thank you very much. It's, it's all legal. He's got a letter of mark. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Unless you're Spanish. So the the first part of each turn is a sort of a worker placement game where you're traveling through Plymouth, gathering up all the different resources that you're going to need. You're getting crew, you're getting cannons, you're getting provisions, you're getting trade goods, you're getting contracts, um, getting favor from Queen Bess. You're getting all these various different things. And um, the person who finishes first gets to set sail first, but they're probably the least well prepared. 
Right. And, and are so, you each a Francis Drake? You are each a privateer in right. the employ of Queen Bess, and right. you're out to get as much glory for Queen and Country as you can. And so then you just place four, you take turns placing four markers out on the board for the four places that you're going to go. And then you flip those up one at a time and you see what happens. You can do all these various different missions. You can take over, you, you can attack Spanish forts, you can take over towns, you can trade goods for money, you can sink uh, galleons, you can do all kinds of things. But all of them require a certain amount of preparation. And so at the end of each of the, at the end of these, these, these seasons of, uh, of going out doing stuff, whoever was the best Francis Drake wins the game. So hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's actually, it, it looks big and intimidating, but it's actually a lot more accessible than Merchants and Marauders because the, the decision space is a lot smaller, a lot narrower. You can clearly see, oh, this would be good, that would be good. Oh, I can't do this because somebody's already taken that space, so I'll do that. And it gives you a, a clearer sense of what's a good idea for you to do. Um, in addition to being a simpler game. So if you're looking for something a bit on the heavier side with piratey type stuff, then Francis Drake might be a good place to go. That sounds very cool. There's a game that I came across recently I haven't played yet, but it sounds like an enormous amount of fun, which is Walk the Plank. Hmm. I don't know, have either of you guys come across this one yet? It's on my radar, I haven't played it yet. It's a programming game, right? So, yeah, it's kind of like... It's like a robo-rally style... Well, kind of like Colt Express, actually. Um, So I don't know if anyone listening's played that, but this is an an analogue to that. And the idea in Walk the Plank is that the captain of the pirate ship has decided to cull his crew, and he is only going to keep two pirates (laughs) from his crew. And you you have a team of people, and you're trying to... The executions will continue until morale improves. (laughs) Right, more or less. (laughs) And so you are attempting to keep your one of your characters or both of you but I guess two of them I'm a little hazy on the rules I have to admit Mm. but the gist of this is that you each get a hand of ten cards or a a deck of ten cards and you're going to play three of them face down and then starting with a start player you reveal your top card and then you go around the table and then you reveal your next card and go around the table and then your third card and go around the table so it's kind of like building the pile of cards that you would do in Colt Express but the trick with this one is that it has that same premise of when you get to your card, you are going to do your action regardless of whether you still want to or not. <laughs> so if you're going to push someone off the ship and by the time it gets back to you, the only valid targets for you are your own team of pirates, <laughs> you're going to push your own pirate off the ship. Lovely. I love programming games for that. As I say, I, I'm I'm talking from having read about it and had a quick glance at the rulebook and I don't really know that much, but the concept of that sounds like the the kind of chaos that you get in the romanticized pirate world where it's just all of no one trusts anybody on the pirate ship. David, how long is this game? According to Board Game Geek, 20 minutes. Oh good. Okay, I'm in. So <laughs> all in. <laughs> that does sound like a good thematic fit. I mean, how how iconic is the uh pirate like the Tortuga Bar Brawl? Sure. Where it's, it's the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern that are always in a pirate story. You know, it's the, the cowardly Smee type character who mm-hmm. doesn't want to be the one who has to walk the plank and is trying to do anything possible to get the other slimy pirates to be the ones who are in front of them on the plank. Yeah, I will play the heck out of this game. <laughs> that actually sounds pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Not the heaviest game for sure, but um, no, absolutely. There's 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 one other thing that you can do with uh, with heavy pirateish games. We um, Again, going back to the nautical thing, there are modern nautical games that involve container ships and canal locks and so on, games like Panamax and so on, uh, which don't have any of the sort of the romance of the sea. And similarly, a modern pirate game 
pretty hard to avoid the kind of gross stuff that we really would prefer not to play games about. Oh. Yeah, I think when we're talking about guys in motorboats with uh, with assault rifles, that's we're not really romanticizing that, and and I think that's too close to not a soon, ton of fun. No fun. Yeah, yeah that's, that's still a current problem. So if you want something that didn't take place in you know the Spanish Main, but uh, but involves pirates, you're probably going to have to go to space. Yeah. It's always my go-to. Absolutely. And space pirates are just as awesome. They're a thing. I mean, the Firefly game, that's that's basically merchants and marauders in space. It is, it is. It uh, it took an expansion for them to add in the the player interaction that merchants and marauders had the uh, the original and by player interaction we mean doing horrible things to the other players yeah going after each other you can yeah. call bounties on each other and so on in one of the expansions where in the initial game you pretty much space is big and you never run into each other which mm. is plausible historically it's just not necessarily <laughs> you know optimally exciting from a game design perspective and there was another one called uh, Zia that's XIA uh, Legends of oh, Drift System. I really want to play this. This sounds like the absolute ultimate do whatever you want game. It's got more it's got a broader scope than Firefly. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I've never actually seen this to buy. I've I've looked for it and I've just I've never run across a copy. In Firefly you've got uh, uh, the the vast expanse of space all open to you from turn 1. With uh, with Zia, you've got a little tile, and space gradually gets larger as you explore outwards. Oh, I like that. It's four X essentially, isn't it? It is. Uh, four, which well, for imagine, those imagine a four X game where you only have one ship. Yeah, and four X actually. There we go. There's a term we should, probably should have covered in our episode zero, although it's relatively we can do few a and series far between. Four X games. We could. We should do. Uh, but four X, for those who don't know it, is expand, explore, exploit, and exterminate. Yeah, that's the one. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so the four Xs. They're they're much more numerous in video games, but there are some board games that pull it off really, really well. Now, it's worth noting that uh, one of David's favorite games does guest star regular appearance from Space Pirates um, in uh, the legendary uh, classic Starfarers of Catan. No, Uh, The the random event deck kicks out Space Pirates all the time, and sometimes, you know, it'll it'll say, Space Pirates attack, what do you do? And David will say, I stand and fight them. And that's uh, quite enough for great. So that's it for the Snakes cast. Thank you very much, Scott, for coming on board, at least until the last 30 seconds. You can get in touch with us at podcast at snakesandlattes.com to let us know what you think about what we're doing, uh, or if you just want to say hi, or if you have something that you'd like us to talk about. Other than Starfarers of Catan. Oh, of course. The Snakes cast is produced by Dax Audio and music is provided by Ben Sound. Tune in next week when we are going to get drafted. Except not into the Navy. We're actually talking about drafting in board games. Uh, the opinions expressed on the Snakes cast are those of the presenters and guests, and nobody else's. Especially the bit about Starfarers of Catan. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I just... No one ever lets me have any fun. (laughs) And I've really just got a bone with that particular game. That's entirely a personal opinion. See you next week.